Campers. Welcome to Camp Good Boy Podcast. Episode 100. Holy <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. We made it, guys. Yay. Bro, an episode, an episode so cute, I made it all the way back to Los Angeles to participate in. Yeah. Yeah, that episode 99. Dude, centennial. I don't know where it went. Yeah, we re- oh, we recorded. God, yeah. Uh, so we recorded an episode last week, and uh, the computer just uh, ate it. Yeah, it did, didn't, <laughs> it didn't, but didn't shit it out. It like ate it and absorbed it. <laughs> That's what nobody the, the report, the political correspondence report I was filing last Sunday was so hot that uh, clearly. Uh, you know, an early uh, early episode was leaked, and now we've ended up uh, having to re-record the entire thing. Well, you know, the one thing I'm happy, I'm you know, I'm uh, as writers, we're no stranger to killing your babies. But I was, I looked at it as like, look, it was it was a solid episode. It was good. We're, we're, the podcast is getting bigger. We didn't have any kind of like backup system in place, no. so it was like the perfect sort of way to be like, wake up, assholes, like. Have back up your episodes, right? Figure out what went wrong last time so that you know. No, it was can... the universe being like, Wake up, guys. Yeah, but also, oh, the... yeah, no, also, wait, 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 guys, did you call Pachi Mama and be like, Hey, guys, like, we appreciate uh, the sponsorship because you're Pachi Mama, but uh, oh, I told her, oh, yeah, you did. I told, I told her that it that the, the episode just got eaten, yeah. Um, I think I did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. But it's a horrible time. COVID's a horrible time for all things 99. 99% of bacteria. Whoa. Episode 99 of the Camp <laughs> Woodstock 99? Woodstock 99, yeah. So, you know what? I think is 99 is kind of the new 13. Like, we should just... I'm, I think 99, it's like, yeah, keep it. We don't need it. Wait, did you guys do Woodstock 99? Now that you bring it up, did you guys... You know, well, we kept talking. Talk, yeah. I kept talking up that we were going to do a whole episode on Woodstock '99, even though Bill Simmons already has an entire podcast he, called yeah, Woodstock '99. Right, yeah. And somehow, like the lie just kept on big- building and building that we were going to do this Woodstock '99. Not that anybody even was like. I mean, I'm sure there was a couple people that were like waiting for the Woodstock '99 yeah, episode. But wait, Nick, when you say "did," you mean <laughs> Nick? Do you mean did we Sorry. go? Did we go to it? Yeah, did you guys oh, go to no, Woodstock no, yeah. no, our parent, uh, we were living in Istanbul, Turkey mm-hmm. at the time. Oh, that's right. That's right. And for those of you who have never been invited over to uh, the Murphy's house, um, there's an incredible painting of uh, Brandon and Phil. Like, what are you guys standing in front of, like, the Bosphorus or something? Yeah, we're, on, we're, got, on, we're on the Bosphorus. We're on a boat. On the, yeah, you got, they got their arms around each other. I mean, it, they, they literally, they could easily be drinking, uh, you know, Chardonnay at uh, Dorian's. But instead, they're in Turkey. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we missed Woodstock 99. If, even if I was living in the States, I wouldn't have gone anyway. Yeah. Just because I didn't know how to get concert tickets in the 90s. I'm like, how did you do it? Yeah, well, you had to, like, wait on the phone and stuff oh, like that. So miss me on that. I mean, you wouldn't have needed a ticket. I'm pretty sure the gates got crashed. <laughs> yeah, you right, gone right. But we can go to Woodstock 2099 because if we'll all probably have these, like... Oh, like a chip yeah, implanted the, the indoors. Chip, yeah, the chip. And um, Fred Durst will have the chip, and he can, re- <laughs> he can redeem himself. Yeah, exactly. Fit well, no, fix stuff. Oh, there if he go. comes wow. out, he does fix stuff. <laughs> he's done a break. No, but wow. the reason I asked, no, no, the reason I asked if you guys went to Woodstock '99 is I, I mean, for some reason I, I remember when it occurred, and I remember having at least one serious conversation about possibly going. But it was sort of, you know, at the time it was sort of like an exciting. Oh, let's go! Let's go do what our parents did. But now that we're living in the time of the boomer remover, like I don't think Woodstock '99. 
you know, was something anybody would ever want to sort of do. I don't think anybody wants to emulate boomers anymore. Just a thought. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, yeah. Our, that was basically my generation because I was 17. But yeah, we they did not do it like the parents no, did it. No, well, at Woodstock '99 did not emulate boomers. <laughs> oh my god, no! They emulated like fucking neo Nazis. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking crazy. They, that that was just '99. Yeah, and it was. Didn't they it have was, like an overflow of like uh, porta potties there? Like, oh, it was a, it was a complete train wreck. And you know, somebody would pro some like people person that really overthinks things would probably like try to look really deep into it and be like, oh, well, you know, it was that time before Y2K. Nobody thought that. Everyone thought that was it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. I think people are just fucked up and just degenerate. I, yeah, I think people were just on drugs at Olymp Biscuit content. Ex- yeah, concert. exactly. And yeah. by the way, we're, this is kind of low. <laughs> we're kind of low key doing our Woodstock. I know we are. Because yeah, right. like, they weren't breaking stuff during G Love and Special Sauce. <laughs> no. you know? And then I don't see, because Woodstock 94 was a blend of bands from 94 and then like Country Joe McDonald. 94 was, was super chill. So that was a, a combination of older acts and newer acts. 99 mm-hmm. was just like, yeah, we don't need the Who. We don't need Slime. We no, don't need they needed. They needed. Uh, they needed it was like uh, DMX. Yeah, it was really yeah, aggressive. Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Wait, Nick. That. Nick, was that one of those things where like a lot of people were going up from New York City, or were people in the Upper East Side like, what? What are you going to? Uh, no, no, yeah. no, no. I'm not going up to that. No, but it no, was no, like, no, no. I just no. I just I do remember like one or two conversations that may or may not have happened in the in the bathroom at Dorian's at four in the morning where like guys are we gonna do are we gonna do Woodstock 99 and we'd be like yeah that sounds like a great idea but it sort of went the way of like my friends from Dorian's and I once talking about renting a boat or a yacht for like a weekend party but when we decided not to because we knew somebody in that group would definitely die um and I think that's how we decided not to go to Woodstock 99 because the thought was somebody, one of us will die. One of us won't make it. Yeah. I don't know. Like 94, I was definitely like, man, I would love to go to that thing because you're young and stuff. Like mm. it didn't even really cross my mind in like 99. 99. I was just. No, like, I mean, we knew we were moving, but again, I wouldn't have gone anyway. I was like, I, I you know what? I is? was so disconnected from popular culture in college. This is what I wish. I, this is why I'm looking, I know technology has a lot of, uh, advances, uh, TikTok, but, uh, they <laughs> like, it, I was so disconnected from popular culture when I was in college, like, mm. and I was totally fine with that. Like right. I was like, Oh yeah, no, that's just like, that's just kids stuff. Like I don't need anything. And I, I, in my mind, I not, I didn't think I ever was going to be like into what bands were new or right. Right? for a while I wasn't, but then, you know. The old internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. yeah no, It'll no, get you. No, they will. That's the beauty. Again, again, that was the beauty of going to college. I mean, when we were going to college, you know, you left whatever, you know, Hobart hat wearing, you know, lacrosse twirling country club you came from and you went to New Orleans or you went to Pittsburgh and you had only your own experience and then that mm. had to match with somebody's experience from, I don't know, Houston, Texas. Yep. And, uh, and you couldn't really like retreat, so it's like his CDs had to blend with my CDs, yeah. and and you kind of like yeah. went from there. Oh, well, that's how you learned about pre, like other music and stuff. Pre-internet like college was the way to go for sure. Oh, see, I I went to college. Ju- internet was still not that fast, mm-hmm. and you still had like AOL Instant Messenger, and like Facebook didn't come out until my senior year. But like pre- my freshman and sophomore year, you were more in it. Yeah, you're more like you're more present. With just like, I'm fucking, this is my world and I'm partying and I'm going to school here. Like, you have no connection to anything. Nothing. Well, I didn't. No, no, and I went 
to a technological school, right? I went to Carnegie Mellon. Everyone who went there was either an artist, like like moi, uh, or um, or they were like computer science nerds or engineers. And those and, and so I remember I had to take a class about email, and I was like, "Fuck this shit, man! I don't even know what the fuck." A class about fuck. email. What the fuck is this computer <laughs> shit for, bro? Like, get this shit out of here. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and at the time, and you know, and and everyone, your teachers were always being like, "It's best if you email. It's best if we communicate." And I was like, "What is this fucking nonsense?" Fortunately, it was a few more years. But you know, all the techie kids there were like, "We're making it better, man. We're making it better." No, oh, yeah, I, right. I, I when I when email came out, I was like, I sent my first email. I was like, "Ha ha, hey, I'm being a huge dork. What's up?" Like, I didn't think this is how dumb I was. I didn't think it was gonna last. I thought the whole internet was a fad. And then I didn't get my first computer until after I graduated. And I was the one thing that I dug about it was that you could get free music. Yeah, right. So the first thing I got was LimeWire, and yeah. and the last, oh, God, and that was, was the last crazy. thing yeah, right. because that I was so excited. I got my first computer. I can like do all this. I was like, oh, I got this thing, and then I down. Downloaded like three songs and that was it. Well, the computer it, was torched. That's the price of freedom yeah. and free things. <laughs> I mean, that thing was just torched, and I basically yeah. just used it as like a word processor to watch DVDs on. Yeah, no, that's yeah, what people it's use. Ama- it's amazing how exci- no, it's amazing how exciting it was. Like the two th- the two things that were so exciting about the internet at the beginning of the internet for me and like my evolution was free music. And fucking, fucking, and picking up people on MySpace. Yeah. Uh, or like internet dating. Right. So it's like, oh, this is the best. I'm, I'm, I'm basically ripping off musicians and uh, <laughs> and fucking strangers. And you know, ripping off souls. Yeah. <laughs> MySpace was kind of like. Do you think there's a lot of people that get? There's a lot of couples out there that got married that met on MySpace. Do you know of any? Um, I don't know because I, I had some. I met some girls on MySpace. Right, yeah. Because MySpace was kind of like. Your page could be like popping. It could have it had like oh, yeah. animation. Yeah, like the when yeah. you opened it, a, a song would song play, played, yeah. and it was back before. Like I mean, dude, there the internet awakened everybody's narcissism, and it, and it continues to do so. But now we're kind of aware of it. Mm. Back then, I was just like, no, I mean, it was so I was new. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you wanted it. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no. It was, no, it was, a, it was a double whammy. It was narcissism and loneliness because yeah. I remember, I remember when I first moved to LA, like, like, like Los Angeles is. I still believe in my like the loneliest city in the world. It um, is, yeah. Uh, and I remember when I was uh, in LA, I was on Lava Life, the dating website Lava Life. Oh yeah, I remember whoa. that one. <laughs> Holy wow! Is That's that just a like, bunch of people that like lava lamps? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Lava Life, the lava da- lamp, dating was. site so for lava, lava lamp life, owners. Yeah, 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 Meanwhile, meanwhile, my wife literally just walked through the room as I'm discussing my lava life. Uh, your your lava love life. Wait, is that how you is that how you met? Is that how you and Beth met? Yeah, Beth and I met on lava life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was incredible. We knew each other in college, but we never talked. And then on lava life, I was like, "Hey, you look familiar." <laughs> I remember they were keeping lava life going until like I feel like I saw an ad for it in 2014 when like all the apps were out. I was like, "Hey, lava life." Hanging up, yeah. You got. You're gonna get no, crushed. No, well, yeah, no, but like, no, but I, I literally like a really like like I, he'll remain nameless. A, a friend of mine who's now a well-known actor was like, "Bro, you gotta get on Lava Life, man. It's like so easy." Mm-hmm. And it's like I, you know, I'm, I I bike, I motorcycle over to like some place outside of the city that I'm living in. I have a little coffee, 
We talked for 15 minutes. Then we go back to her place and fuck. Yeah, yeah like, and, and nothing's Obama. changed. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what it still you is. You know, the one, the one thing, though, that, that internet dating evolved into was with, the, like, the swiping was, like, girls that you would date. Like, you would meet awesome girls on... Well, I don't know about awesome. I don't even... You know, I mean, it would... You would meet... Girls would be interested in, like, your dating page and stuff like that and, like, what you were into. Mm-hmm. When Tinder came, it, when it was just, like, like, a hot jack dude with his, like, perfect abs, all those cool girls were kind of, like man, I'd kind of just rather fuck the hot jack dude and, and started getting addicted to just fucking the hot jack dude that they forgot there was like awesome. It's, it's like, oh, I could just like, that no, guy's yeah, awesome. Like blah, blah, blah. There were flabby dudes who rocked polos really nicely. And, uh, well, suddenly and like your, yeah, your picture of like you and your dog and like you're, you're interested in, in like your list of favorite films. Like girls didn't care about that anymore. It was just like, oh, this guy's hot. It's like, oh, that guy's cute. And he's like, uh, he, uh, we had the same interest, but I'm just going to fuck this guy tonight because I just want to fuck this guy. Like, and it, and it yeah, became no, no, it's, sex. No, 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 it's, no, 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 sex, no, it's true. Like, no, sex no, Tinder, addiction, Tinder, no, sort no, of Tinder. casual Tinder. sex kind of took over. It your, did casual and, and it annihilated, and it annihilated, and it annihilated the turtleneck, you know, uh, Sartre reading, you know, French, mm-hmm. Francophile, you know, Francophone by the fire. You know what I mean? Right. Well, who wants to like, go with that guy? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Like all the points you, all the points you used to have for being well read, you know, well versed in, uh, you know, um, cinema and a, a strong knowledge of the difference between Pinot Gris and Sauvignon Blanc mm. is completely fucking out the window. Yeah. Like, no, you know, it's, it's over for you. Yeah, it just became... And it's like, yeah, it, you were just, you just got kind of got, it just, but then things moved. I mean, you know, I, I you know, mean, people through, uh, even Instagram, I think is a right. nice format. It is nice. nice. Yeah. I don't know at all, but, but the whole, like the internet dating got like, if you weren't the hot Jack dude that just was going to go fuck that night, like those guys kind of ended up ruling that space. And they never left Tinder. No, they're that's still on. They're, they're no, still no, no, on no, there. No, 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 they're, they're, they're there, and they, and they dominate that space. Yeah, but it, it was because. almost like it almost like normalized women getting male hookers for free. It was basically like that's what it became. It was mm. like this cool like chick. She might be home and like, oh, I, I bet like you know I might like a Scud or a Murphy or something like that. But like, <laughs> I'm just gonna fuck this like hot Jack dude tonight. Right, right. Because like that's yeah, just yeah, you know. I don't, I don't want to get too deep. I don't need. I don't need yeah. a Scudder or Murphy. I don't need a Scudder or Murphy to have like too many whiskeys and then just start <laughs> opining at like at like three thirty in well, the morning. It's like, do I really want to hear this guy brag about his screenwriting career? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Do I want the bartender at Cabo Cantina or the guy who uh, rewrote uh, you know the Hitman's bodyguard? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> sister. Yeah. Oh fuck! He just showed up in a turtleneck. But what ended up happening was was it's like I have my whole life to meet like a, a, a nice like guy that's like does all these things and we can like walk our dogs together but tonight I'm just gonna fuck that guy and I think that tonight I'm just gonna fuck that guy ended up taking over that space and then now it's kind of well the are- other I think the other apps I think there's less uh, there's less Jack mirror selfies right I don't think there's many on like Hinge and Coffee Meets Bagel <laughs> Tinder right. Tinder is just like a cesspool of just it's just I mean no offense to anybody that's met anybody on Tinder yeah it's, a, it's like the trashiest app I mean I was I was only on Tinder for like Three months, right? I was like, "There's got to be another one." This sucks. Yeah, it's just it's, and then it just all turned into prostitutes. Mm-hmm. 
All of it. I, I mean, yeah, but you. But how, I mean, but you, you. You. You became a bit of a. You became a bit of a swinger, Phil, didn't you? On uh, on uh, Tinder. I mean, you know. I mean, <laughs> oh, I was. I was full blown t- serial dater in Venice. Mm-hmm. Full blown. I was on Tinder. I was on like four apps. Right. Like 2004. You had an appetite. <laughs> <laughs> 2013 to 2000. 15, I was, like, all over those apps. Yeah. I was going on, like, three dates a week, four dates a week. Yeah. It was fucking brutal. He had to have his uh, dick medically sewn back on. (laughs) But that was because I didn't date in New York City, so I was kind of making up for lost time. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, again, I mean, pre-pandemic, I mean, again, I have always said, and and I'm not biased at all because I was born and raised in New York City, but the most beautiful women in the world live in New York City. And, um... You know, the whole foot traffic and all of that stuff. It yeah. was just glorious. And now it's, you know, and now it's like, it was, it was probably, it was crushed by Tinder, I'm, a, I'm supposing. And, um, and now pandemic, forget it. Yeah. I think people are, I think online dating is more popular than ever with the pandemic. I think right. at the beginning you're like, oh, I'm, how the fuck am I going to date? But I think like two <clears> months <throat> into it, people are like, all right, I'm bored as shit. I need at least someone well, to no, just to no, talk to. It, yeah. it, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if it was France. It may have been France or uh, it was somewhere in Europe, you know, maybe in Germany, which said in the middle of the pandemic, look, we get it. If you're by yourself at home, you're probably horny as fuck. Find a cuddle buddy. You know, and like, oh, and like, open up your open up your quarantine circle to like human comfort and warmth. Mm. And also, the the quarant- uh, the pandemic might have been the best thing to happen to online dating because the thing the worst thing about online dating is when you meet the met- person. <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> no, so that, yeah. Yeah, well, go ahead because I have a thought because, about that. Okay, so you talk to this person. Let's say you talk for, I don't know, two or three days and then you ask him out and then you move it to text and you're still talking. It's like, hey, let's say it's Wednesday. Like, hey, let's go out Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you, you, you're still kind of texting. You're, you're kind of building up who this person is in your mind. You're trying to find them on Instagram. You're trying to find them on Facebook. You do find them. You're looking at the hour and you're, you're creating who they are in your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, yeah, you meet them. So before you meet them, though, you, let's say you're like me and you get somewhere early. I usually get places 10 minutes early. So I'm sitting there. There's nothing in the world worse than sitting at a bar where there's other people and you're waiting for someone that you don't know. Right. It's the most <laughs> uncomfortable feeling. But you're you like, know they're going to show up. You know. Yeah, so then they show up, up and them. usually, for me, I never had any, I only had one time where a girl didn't look like she'd, like her pictures. And I was like, <clears throat> who the fuck are you? Like, right. you don't look like this person at all. <clears throat> the problem for me was because you spend that time building up what you think <clears throat> they're like, they show up and they look what they look like, but their personality is totally yeah. not what you thought it was going to be. And it completely throws you off a, a little bit. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. No, well, that, that is the thing is that the most exciting thing about meeting someone online is it is a fantasy still. Mm-hmm. And you, you're, you, you're taking the best things that you like about that person. You're creating the person. You're also putting forward the things you're most comfortable about yourself yeah. with. And you're, you're, you actually have this like crazy awesome connection and it's exciting you have your little buddy like yeah. you could even you know you come back from the bar and it's like you get in and like you're, you're you have this like secret little thing and then yeah. sometimes when it becomes real is when it you know it becomes real and reality bites kinda, <laughs> you know not to uh and then to, so as what, a uh, as a I, wise I, film I, once as a wise film title once uh <laughs> once what told. i started doing though and this made it way easier as as far as just the weight is to meet them outside. Yeah. Show up early and just sit there and wait outside. Right. Because then you go in together. It's not... Because 
there's this sort of like you're a little self-conscious that you're there on an online date. Mm-hmm. Everybody has that. Right. So the pandemic's been great for it because you do a FaceTime before you even meet. Well, the fantasy is great. The, the pandemic's been great for the fantasy. So yeah, and then you FaceTime and you're like, oh, I actually really like this person. Wow, mm-hmm. great. And I didn't have to fucking leave my house and have this awkward thing. So now when we actually meet in person, I feel like I already know you. Yeah. It's the, the FaceTime date, and I think that's going to continue. Yeah. Even past this. I wonder how many are like, you, 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 this is so awesome. Do you want to not ruin it and just never meet? <laughs> right, yeah, totally. Seriously, excuse me, we like, like the physical needs thing, could we all like figure out a way around that? But like, no, it's know, true. We, You'll never be able to capture what you had in that like early, those early texts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, it, yeah, it is, it is the, the, the fantasy is kind of nice, better than sometimes better than the reality. But, uh, but no, so, so, I mean, yes and, I mean look, yes. No, yes and no. I mean, again, like I, I still, you know, look, and I could be completely wrong, but I still fantasize about a moment of when there's a vaccine, right? And there's an announcement there's a vaccine and everyone just starts getting, you know, hit up with a vax. And it's going to be a fucking party like no one's ever seen ever before ever. Oh, you yeah. know what it's going to be like? You're going to be like taking a shower like Henry Hill and Goodfellas listening. It's just like, ah! You sons of bitches! Fauci, you fucking sons of bitches! I was just like, oh my god! That's so what it's going to be. Literally, my wife just had a terrible nightmare that I finally like orgasm while quoting Goodfellas, which she says to me all the time. It's like, She's like, you really gonna need to watch this movie again? Yes, I do. Actually, I'm sorry. Oh man, but, uh, you know, it's on TV, and it is like, it, it's. it's I mean, there's no movie that just doesn't get. It never gets old. It never, no, never. gets tiresome. No, and it's never. also one of these movies that's like. And I think it was the brilliance of Scorsese casting like. Uh, Ray Liotta had only been in two films. De Niro, that's this. the only known, yeah. And it, where it definitely feels like cinema, but you're it, it's immersed as if you are you live vicariously through this uh, Ray Liotta who wasn't a star. Mm-hmm. It really feels like it feels real, real yeah, you I, know. And it's Ray, no, there's, Ray, so Ray, much, no, there's so much there's so much wish fulfillment. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like uh, Alice in Wonderland for for uh, for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always say, but I, I but I will always say, I will always say dudes. this, and I will always say this about Ray Liotta, especially to especially to the our campers who are listening. <laughs> yeah. Ray Liotta is a listener. Goodfellas <laughs> is great, but holy shit, something wild. That guy comes on. Oh, that's how he got the part. That's how he he comes on. Leota comes into something wild, which is just an extraordinary movie. I mean, Mm. literally something wild. Goodfellas. I mean, where the fuck are these films? Oh, unlawful entry. Operation Dumbo drop. By the way, he (laughs) observe and report. He he was the best thing about marriage. It all went went downhill after Goodfellas for Leota because he really should have fired his agent because Everything after Goodfellas, you're like, what are you doing? No, you know, you almost wish. I don't wish that anyone died, but uh, in like the context of like cinema history, if Leota had died, he would. Even though he, you know, he doesn't look necessarily like James Dean. Leota has his own uh, star quality, Mm. but like, wouldn't it have been perfect if this unknown actor was in this seminal, uh, timeless classic that's probably going to live forever? Yeah. and and that was it. And he would he would have been an American. I mean, legend. it's just like John Cazale. Yeah, John Cazale. Except he didn't. Cazale didn't have the same. 
Well, he you know, wasn't he, as dynamic. He was, he was always kind of the that guy. I mean, which now The Godfather Two is on right, right. now. Um, you know, he was always kind of the sidekick. Right. You know, the fuck up. Where like that was such a strong. Leota was such See, a strong. This is the whole thing. Goodfellas. Goodfellas is so fucking good, and I'm not slagging off the Godfather trilogy because yeah. these. I mean, the first two are great, mm-hmm. but like. When you watch Wait, Goodfellas, Godfather, it, 3, Godfather Three is a masterpiece. <laughs> no, so but like you watch Goodfellas and you got the just those fucking performances. You got that soundtrack. How can you go to this, dude? I'm sorry. I I, <laughs> I, I, I love Godfather. I saw Godfather Two at the New Beverly. It felt like a uh, like a made for TV movie. I don't know why everyone jocks it so hard. Maybe it's because I'm so like turned off by Al Pacino's acting now and what it's turned into yeah. that I can't even go back in time yeah, and but see I hear, it in yeah, hindsight. Yeah, I hear what you're saying about Al Pacino's acting, but one of the funny, literally one of the funniest stories about Al Pacino's acting of late that I have heard is how Michael Mann and Al Pacino, before they made Heat, <laughs> agreed, agreed that Vincent Hanna, the character that Al Pacino plays in that movie, was literally like a... An, an, fabulous cokehead. Like, just incredible cocaine addict. And so Pacino makes the choice as an actor to play this cop as a cokehead, and then in the editing room, Michael Mann's like, eh, you know what, fuck it, we don't need that shit. Yeah. Like, let's lose it. Also, you Ooh. know, if I'm gonna, if I need that dose of Pacino, I'll just watch Gary Oldman in The Professional, because he does it right. Wait, he, he does it over the top right. Michael Mann yes, cut out... And by the way, like, by the way, this is like, it's so random. It's funny that you bring that up. So when I was growing up in New York City, they were filming Romeo is Bleeding. And I was making my first movie, uh, call, a, a, a feature film called Blood Soaked Towels. Oh, nice. <laughs> and um, and it, was a, it was a noir piece. And, um, you know, you know, it was an incredible movie made on VHS. And... Um, we were wandering around the streets of the Upper East Side, and they filmed Romeo's Bleeding on like ninety six between Park and Lex or whatever. You know, it was, and it was in the nineties. So you know, when you're in New York City, everything north of ninety sixth Street in the nineties was was no man's land. Oh right, it was like Harlem, and he was like, "Look out!" Anyway, my my, my camera crew and I stumbled across Oldman in his trailer and we asked him if he would introduce our movie and he looked at us he smiled and said oh, fucking of course man so on this VHS tape buried beneath all the porn I collected in the years after is my first feature Bloodstone Towels and Gary Oldman introduces it wow you gotta release and- that Pardon? You got to release that on like I don't know, YouTube Red or something. I know I've got that. I got that, and the, and the next summer, and the summer after that, and then the summer after that, I made another movie called Just Another Victim, and Bill Cosby introduced that. Now think about that for a second, listeners. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah Oldman. I, you know, it'd be great. Yeah, if, if because Cosby can't uh, do anything anymore because he's in jail. If Oldman just started doing the Jello and pudding pop ads. <laughs> Just Oldman just like took over. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah, he played all the he, uh, different characters that he's played throughout. He just yeah, has one of the Drexel. They did. Yeah, yeah they. Oldman, play, Oldman playing Bill Cosby. Now that I would like to see. You know, I would like to see. Yo, yeah, if Oldman played Bill Cosby, and uh, wait, 
What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the edible just hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Tropic Thunder is part three. <laughs> but Drexel needs his own movie. They need to do Tarantino, like, fuck this Kill Bill 3 shit. Yeah, he needs Drexel to go back and do a Drexel origin a story. De- um, Detroit with him. As much as we ripped on the um, face turning back of um, uh, De Niro being playing a younger actor in The Irishman, oh, I yeah. will accept it yeah, as really. Drexel because also Drexel's face was kind of mangled so you, yeah, can, you can get you away can with kind it. of get away with it uh anyway like that i um, mean also uh, that's all as, I um i mean uh, oldman's played in hannibal he played uh, the unrecognizable um guy because oh, that's yeah. him for dal right, in the right, wheelchair yeah, right um he would be so great i do, could do that tarantino if you're listening <laughs> 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 but hang up Kill Bill 3 Put faster Pussycat Kill Kill on hold <laughs> yeah. and Fucking let's do this Oh a movie about a Detroit pimp Or like a mm-hmm. Drexel origin story And just find another actor Yeah But uh Yeah unpopular opinion Al Pacino After Um I'm gonna go Frankie and Johnny Really overrated actor Al Pacino? Yeah Dude uh, Al Pacino. Actually, I think that might be a popular opinion. I, dude, I yeah, I I can't do. I'm, I'm fully on board that. No, no. I mean, yes and no. Again, yes I'm and not no. Sober. Because, I never want to be sober. No, no, no. Because no, 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 there's, there's a great, there's a great documentary on Netflix right now called Fear City. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saw it. Yeah, watched it. Um, highly enjoyable. Highly enjoyable. Um, and um, he does. He's great at Donnie Brasco. But he's the same. I feel like I'm, every time it's he pops up in a movie, in Donnie Brasco, Devil's Advocate, uh, The Irishman, every fucking movie, it's this. It's the same fucking thing over yeah, and over. I again. got canceled. A prick. There's like nothing. There's nothing new that he's doing. Yeah. No, no. I'm not saying those movies are bad. I enjoy those. I don't, I don't like The Irishman, but like, I, it's always the same with him. Whereas in the '70s, it's like he's Michael Corleone. Then he's uh, fucking. Dog Day Afternoon. I love Dog Day Afternoon. Then he's fucking Tony Montana. You're like, whoa. All right. Listen, Dog Day, listen. But sometimes... Everything after Scarface, I'm off. Sometimes you slip into a role, right? Sometimes you slip into a role. It's not that he's bad. I'm not saying he's bad. I just like... I know when he pops up, I just know what I'm getting. Yeah. Like like his speech and his halftime speech and any given Sunday is great. But it's just like, I just know what I'm getting versus... He went from Michael Corleone to Tony Montana. I'm like... There we go. Yeah. That's fucking, that's why he's yeah, so wait, good, because no, those two roles wait, yes, are so yes, different, no, but so, but like, powerful. Yes, yes once he, lo- listen, once he locked in, once he locked into the Tony Montana, like, screaming rage thing, he was off to the races. And then, I, do, like, I just know, I just know what I'm getting, here's and it just also never does my, it my me. problem in Donnie Brasco is, like, if I was Johnny Depp, like I don't like that character Lefty. He's kind of like a loser mobster. Oh right. Like, Patino right. plays like a loser mobster. Like if I was the FBI guy, I was like, can't you get me like the De Niro and Goodfellas? Can I get like a Jimmy Conway? Is there yeah, right. anybody else I can get except for this sorry ass fucking? Did lefty? they maybe know that because Al? But they knew Al Pacino uh, well, was a loser. I think they could probably like yeah manipulate him a little bit more. Well, no. What's sometimes so funny about these? Sometimes what's so funny about these mobster movies is how it's sort of like Donnie Brasco. Is literally the used car salesman yes. to Goodfellas, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's the same. It's the same kind of dudes, same kind of characters, and you're like, oh, okay, I've seen this. Whereas 
give me Gary Oldman in State of Grace oh. playing playing a Westie, and you're like, holy shit, yep. this is like a whole other thing. You know, and the, and the, the fact that right. Oldman doesn't get that recognition that Pacino gets is sick, because like you said it, State of Grace, the professional. True romance. True romance. Uh, but mortal uh, beloved. Immortal beloved. Yeah. He's fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, he is the ultimate badass character actor yeah. of all time, and he just doesn't. He, I mean, listen, everybody loves Gary Oldman, but like he, he never got that like, and you know, he's, rightfully so. I kind of like him good, where he good. is. I mean, he's yeah. good, but you know, he's good. He's yeah, by good, the way, State of Grace, Sid and Nancy, Sid and Nancy, State of Grace is incredible. Sean mm-hmm. Penn's amazing in that too. Robin Wright's great in that movie, and right. Harris is fucking insane in that. But yeah. John C. Riley, early that's an early John C. Riley movie. Yeah, State um, of Grace is fucking awesome. I love State of Grace, um, but what's fu- what's funny is is that you know, uh, but here's this idea of like remaking and making these mobster movies. So for years, um, a director uh, that I work with forever, of some note, he got his career start on Casino. And so um, he, when he, and he was like a, he was a PA that worked, literally, he was like in the early system where I guess apparently I never knew of this. You could be a PA and somehow work your way up. Um he was a PA on Casino, so he was he was friends with this mobster Frank Culotta, uh, who was the Frank Vincent, who played Billy Bats in Goodfellas, and then played uh, basically the you know the fictional character based on the real life character in Casino. Frank Vincent, rest in peace, wonderful actor. He was in Do the Right Thing. Um, Phil Leotardo. Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, Phil Leotardo and The Sopranos. So the guy that Frank Vincent played in in Casino is alive in the Witness Protection Program, and his name is Phil. His name is Frank Culotta, and he and the director that I work with all these all these years, like, was still in touch with him, and we would meet with this guy at the Rainbow on Sunset Boulevard. Um, you know, this rocker hangout. Anyway, he was desperate to basically remake Casino where he was the star, where Frank Vincent was the star. And it was this incredibly hilarious... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What, what do you call it? Gambling hall? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, I want the whole thing to take place in the cornfield, like where they kill Pesci in the end. And it's like, it's children of the corn meets Casino. <laughs> Men of the corn. Yeah, yeah no, it's no, mob, no, like no, mobster no, horror no. movie. <laughs> It was that's what it would turn into, by the way. <laughs> yeah, really? If this guy was, it'd be Cleaver. Yeah. <laughs> when mobsters have movie ideas, one of the funniest experiences in my Hollywood career, where I'm meeting with a guy who definitely murdered people, um, worked with, you know, the Joe. Pe- by the way, the Joe Pesci character, the real life version of Joe Pesci in Casino. And he's like, listen, guys, so here's the real story. And he would tell the story, and I would turn to my friend, the director, and say, dude, this is Casino. He's just <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. When mob keep 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 mobsters out of development. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so yeah, true, no. dude. It's really because bad. Gotti's son was involved in that new John Travolta oh, Gotti God. thing. That was a fucking disaster. No, but I like no, but you know, you know but here's a, but the but the funniest part of this. I love the post casino story. And this guy was I running a limousine company outside of San Diego. I mean, he was and he was a and he was a. a 
a, a real true mobster. I mean, literally, I you know I have gone to restaurants with celebrities, uh, not not people from Game of Thrones, uh, real celebrities, and um, you know who and and this guy, the restaurant just shut down basically. Mm, so he'd be like, and he'd be like, yeah. Man, oh, I get, talking. yeah, I can see that, yeah. And, I'm like, and, and it's impressive. I mean, it's sort of, you're it's just like, holy shit. And, uh, but at the same time, then he pitches you what he wants the movie to be. And you're like, oh yeah, th- dude, we, we, th- that was made. That was made like 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, by, 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 by a gentleman named Martin Scorsese, starring Robert De Niro. I, I you know, written by... You're the like, character. You know, we're going to get Kevin Connolly to direct that. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> Did you guys see Gotti? Guys, guys, he's the next Scorsese. I'm telling you, God. this kid's so good. So once you <laughs> once you get, you do the, the, the dinner with the mob guy about a Hollywood movie just because you think it's going to be a cool experience, and then he doesn't leave you alone. And you yeah, start getting right. like, it's like... Hey Nick, you in there? <laughs> yeah, then you get. Yeah, hey, it's Frankie. Hey, hey, hey. What are you? What are you fucking dodging my call? What am I fucking no good in this town for you? Fucking Robert Town over here. When I call you, answer your fucking uh, phone. Oh yeah, having a mobster nagging. All you. the deals <laughs> yeah, yeah. are done. You're gonna write this fucking thing. It's gonna be a brilliant movie. Yeah, like your dog disappears. <laughs> no, 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 no. Literally, it started. Go, you could tell that it was gonna go down that road because you, were, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're, it, you're, it was gonna go down the road to the cornfields yeah, with right. baseball bats yeah, yeah, and no, holes dug. Exactly. No, exactly. Because he goes, "Let me tell you something, boys." For this life story, it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you. Oh and, God! And I remember, I remember when he said that, and I turned to my friend, the director. I said, "Does he? Does he know that we get other people to pay us to do this?" <laughs> yeah, really. No, they're yeah. They just. It's like, dude, dude, stay in your lane. Yeah. No, yeah. That's the thing. Then he wants money from you. He's like, so I'm giving you a million dollar story for fifty k. So when you need the money, you just yeah, give really. me the money, and the story's yours, kid. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, make so you I in this. Shooking. I'm gonna wait, make wait, you wait. in this so they, town. So, so the studio, so the studio paid me 50k for my life story, but they gave you 200k. Okay, so yeah. so we well, gotta whack it up I'm, right. I'm 150. I'm 150 short. Okay. I'm <laughs> All right, and uh, we still got our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even though we lost that episode last week, uh, Pachamama has stood by this as they've stood by us. Through thick and thin. Through thick and thin, and we continue to stand by them. And as I'm packing to uh, embark on a cross-country road trip, one of the first things I packed was my Pachamama tinctures because once you go Pachamama, you, don't you go just go, you don't go back. You know why I think they didn't get mad at us? Because they use Pachamama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it keeps you chill, like... I love just uh, in, the, in the evening, just like in a nice fat tincture. That's what happens when it's triple lab tested and clean label certified. Dude, triple lab, not single, not no. double. Three. Triple. Three is a magic number. Three labs. Yeah. You're running it through, th- yeah, three is the magic number. Three labs, ladies and gentlemen. Traditionally extracted using CO2 or ethanol. That's what CBD usually is done. This yeah. one, no. No, no, no thank you. This one. I don't they use proprietary it. heated air extraction method that doesn't use any chemicals and takes only two seconds. Well, it's crazy. Once you get onto the purity of CBD, like I looked at the ingredients of the old CBD and I was like, this, like I'm ethanol, what is this, meth? Like <laughs> yeah. this is like Walter White shit. This is like, yeah, totally. uh, no, Pachamama is like. Single origin, one farm, one family of plants in colorado yeah come on i just i, I love everything three it's, three labs one farm boom that's math <laughs> two I can, seconds <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> three two one 
yeah, so instead of artificially flavoring the, our, their tinctures, they pair them with nutrient-rich superfoods. And yeah, get on this, everybody. Yeah, uh, get on it Especially now. if the world starts getting even crazier. Yeah, you're going to want to have a big... And by the way, that's why you're going to want to have a big stash of Pachamama. And so, Phil, why don't you tell them where they're going to go to get that, uh, go that to fine CBD? EnjoyPachamama.com. That's Enjoy. P is in Paul. A-C-H-A-M-A-M-A.com. Type in Camp 15. Camp 15. At, at checkout, get that 15 15%. 15%. <laughs> it's a lot. Gonna take you into the fall, it's and, a then, lot. and then we're gonna keep doing the ads. It's gonna take you into the winter. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be good. All right, let's get All back right. to the show. Sure. Oh, it's it's like how Delroy Lindo and Get Shorty, how he explains how easy it is to write a screenplay. He's just like, first you, oh fuck, I gotta look it up. It's so yeah, good. no, like, it is good. Get Get Shorty like nails it. Yeah. Right. Well, yes. Right. Well, no. But I mean, again, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about this guy Frank Culotta. So I've returned to LA. And uh, I did my road trip, uh, you know, from back from the mountains down here to join you guys before you guys. There's an animal head on your uh, on your front porch. Before you guys hit the road, before you guys hit the road. But so my kids were losing it. So I said, "Fuck it." You know what? Like we're we're not gonna make it all the way back to LA in one day. Because when I first get out, when I first got out of this dirty town, we drove. It was everyone was so excited. It was easy to drive straight all the way to Vail. But uh, coming back, not not. It's a little tricky. And by the way, you really you really are a screenwriter. Like getting out of this dirty town is easy. Coming, <laughs> yeah, right, coming oh back God, is yeah. a whole other story altogether. No, but no, but yeah. But I'm thinking about Frank Culotta. So I mean, we so you know you you know the three of us we've had we've had we had one of the greatest nights of my life in Vegas. So I stayed in Vegas last night. So I drive back. I, so I'm dri- you know I drive back. You know, my wife, she's like, we can't stay in the city. I'm like, okay, okay, I know, I know. So let's 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 go to Henderson. Let's stay in Lake Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Lake Mead. So we all agree. Oh yeah. yeah. So I so literally, but literally, like Vegas, Vegas once again uh, continues to astound me as a place of just sheer douchebaggery and trashbaggery, and also I love it, but I don't know how it'll ever come back. Yeah. Well, how are you going to go to like, a Tiesto fucking show <laughs> yeah, at like you know like bungalow with uh, with like masks on and like yeah, hey by the way uh, it, we I uh, uh, shout out to this movie Eden um, that I just watched have you have you ever heard have you seen this movie it's about the early uh, club days in Paris with like Daft Punk mm. it's a movie. Oh, no. Where there, is it on Netflix? Uh, you can get it on Amazon. But uh, there was a – this moment actually exists is that, um, you know, one more time. Mm. I mean, that is like the ultimate fucking like club It's like one of the best ever. songs ever. Hey, by there, the way, by the way, I'm full, full – Disclosure, I actually like that song. No, I mean, it's a great song, but I don't know there, anyone that hates there it. There actually was like a, a, a first night that, that that song dropped at a club, and there was a dude out of his skull on MDMA that literally had a religious experience. Yes, hearing that, sure. hearing that for the first time 
on on like a, sh- a boatload of MDMA as Daft Punk plays one more time to mm. an audience for the first time, like that may be, and whether it's not covered in like journalism or something, like that was a moment that oh, yeah. it, that exists, and I, I bet world. it was like transformative. If this guy's serotonin ever recovered, and from that his man brain. was Steve Aoki, <laughs> <laughs> and that is the that is the Steve Aoki <laughs> movie pitch. That oh, actually, for sure. dude, that would be a great way to pitch the Steve Aoki movie, yeah, and, Steve Aoki and, and then later you can find out that the story is not even real but uh. no but oh my god yeah that that song definitely changed lives i heard yeah. it in out a house party in houston i was like yeah well, who is that mm-hmm. i was i don't even like techno but that's like a different that's like something different daft punk something well that different. style of music which i didn't even know till i saw this film it's called garage and it's basically wait, wait, wait what's it called what's it called garage and it's basically oh, like which i would think is like uh like uh, I don't know, like a garage band or something like yeah. that. But basically, what it was was contemporary disco. They took mm. the the fundamentals of techno and added vocals to it and Got made it. it like more song, but also dancey. So that's what. So then, and then is. it became house music. So they moved into. Yeah. The, oh, they moved into the. <laughs> they brought the groceries yeah, into the house. There's going to be a cul-de-sac. <laughs> is the new the new uh, that's going to be uh, taking over clubs <laughs> everywhere. Then there's going to be yeah, yeah, totally. township. Yeah, den. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, know Daft no, Punk, Daft Punk, they were great. Mm-hmm. But oh, so, great. oh, go ahead. Uh, but so, um, but, I mean, again, believe, believe me, I've been driving for long stretches of times with children who love Zed from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Zed, Zed, Z E D D. What is huge, oh, that? Singer, huge DJ in Vegas. Oh. Um, you know, I, I mean, if you hear Claire, the song Clarity a hundred times, Daft Punk is like Bob Dylan. Um, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, da- it, it's so much like harder now. Mm-hmm. Way harder. Yeah, I can't get into it. Um, I mean, wait, wait that, that night that we were in Vegas, who the hell was performing? Avicii. I mean, I mean, Avicii. R.I.P. Yep. Oh, hey, geez, hey! By the right? way, though, uh, 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 headline: uh, all these guys, Avicii, uh, Bourdain, uh, Chris Cornell, all these people that committed suicide. That you're, you were like, wait a second, what? They were all working on the same documentary on child trafficking. Ah, yeah. And ooh. now that the pedo, the whole pedophile uh, elite is starting to crumble, I think these guys were all casualties of of that. They were all working together. That's so random. Yeah. I mean, don't you think it's a little peculiar that, uh, I mean, say what you, I don't know who Anthony Bourdain is. I mean, like I know everybody else does, uh, was close personal (laughs) friends with him, with tone, but, uh, you know, doesn't it like, from what I gather from the guy, does he really seem like the kind of guy who's going to leave his best friend downstairs eating dinner and hang himself with a belt? Up in his room, it's a little weird, little off um, brand for. Yeah, for, no, for so they were hanging out. They were hanging out, and he was just like, oh, "I'm just going to go shower. Meet me well, downstairs." He, he, they had plans to meet for dinner. And he never showed up for dinner, and they just figured, oh, "I guess you know he's he's in an alley somewhere eating uh, squid out of a dumpster for his <laughs> yeah, new for his show. TV show." But like, uh, yeah, and then like Aviche and uh, and Chris Cornell, like all these, like there was no Chris Cornell. Like, I mean, I mean, I know, you know he was depressed. I, yeah, but I I just think it's a little. It is a little peculiar, right? They were working together. That's just. What they were random. all associated with this uh, this uh, human trafficking pedophilia documentary. Who else? Who else? Are, who's on, who else is on that movie? We got there was like, a, there was another one. I got to I'll, I'll pull up the uh, the meme from uh, Deep State Investigator. <laughs> uh, it's uh, <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, uh. it was a thing I saw on Instagram, and then I looked it up and verified it. It was it was all true. Yeah, get that guy Frank Collada to work on it. They won't bother you anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, look, listen. The, the, the times that we live in are very weird. Oh, I mean, uh, wait, wait, is that the understatement of the 100th episode ever? <laughs> wait, 2020. Can weird. we just uh, put uh, the car in reverse <laughs> and go back to Vegas real quick? So you're, <laughs> you're driving to Vegas. Is, is Vegas, you were looking no, wait, at. No, no, wait, no, no. The reason I'm going back to it about the times of being very weird is that I'm driving to Vegas yesterday. But was Vegas open and up and running and that's how you saw all these people and you're like, I can't believe there's all these people there? Dude, I was in a quiet place. I mean, I went to Lake Las Vegas. It was like Vegas. Oh, yeah, so you we were in Henderson. Yeah, I was in Henderson, but everyone's behaving like, oh. you know, social okay. distance, nah. Oh, yeah. right. I got it. Okay. nah. I thought yeah. you said you were driving on the strip and everything, it's like back up and running. Well, it felt like that, but it was also weird. No, no, I'm going back to this whole pedophile ring and, like, weirdness. So I'm driving in to Vegas, and there are fighter jets circling the city. I mean, I know there's some Air Force bases, mm. but, you know, it was very weird, man. Yeah. It was very, it was very, it was very off. No, I, mean, I, was, very, I was, was talking very, to Phil. Very I got my I got another COVID test um, on at the Dodger Stadium for the first time because we're going home. I just want to make sure I'm not bringing the Vi with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and it's like it literally feels like well, there's like there was choppers like oh, flying yeah. overhead, and it literally you're in line, and it literally feels like you're going to a Dodger game. You know, it's all yeah. the the parking guys are all like rolling you through, and it's like, but there's no Dodger game. It's <laughs> no. it's just a living nightmare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, when it's I, like all hot, the choppers, and it was like, I felt like I was in a dream. No, when I first went up there in May, it, mm-hmm. it was like the first, it was such an apocalyptic feeling. Yeah. Now I've been twice, now I'm like used to it, but when you know, when you see it for the first time, you're like, wow, we're really in it. We're in it. This is yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. Actually, you know, the thing well, is the Dodgers probably are up there because baseball's back. They're probably up there like which throwing make, the which, ball which around. Which makes the dream even stranger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, now, listen, in general now, every time you drive into a city these days, it feels apocalyptic. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I mean, again, by the way, like I, the drive from Vegas to L.A. this morning, I literally thought I was in Fury Road. Um <laughs> You know, I got, I got, Did you, know, you have your spray paint on your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, by I'm the way, in, that movie's I'm fucking stuck. awesome. It's incredible. Yeah. That's one of the best movies of the last 10 years, like by, by a mile, top five. Yeah. It's so good. It is fucking great. Um, hey, rest dude, in peace, Wilford Brimley. Yeah. That, oh, I know. Dude, I, I, I saw that. I saw that, and... I looked at I looked at CNN and it was like oh Wilford Brimley died at eighty five I thought he was eighty five when he was in Cocoon <laughs> yeah he's been at eighty five forever yeah. so like I did the math I went back I was like wait he was in like his fucking f- like mid forties in Cocoon yeah what the fuck no I know because that it's like our age but it was also like I don't know if you noticed this uh, watching Fear City Nick when they're showing the they're these young the young FBI guys that were uh, or the the DAs or whatever they were that were taking that all the mob down for the first time in New York with Giuliani they're like and we were just in our late 20s they all look like fucking 48 <laughs> yeah right I know 50 yeah. I know yeah I was like what these yeah. guys are in their late 20s I'm 41 and I look like I could have been their son that's what happens they were just eating nothing but fast food yeah and like they didn't have bacon they didn't have press juicery <laughs> on every corner. No, yeah, no, yeah, no juice cleanse. Um, mm. You know, no, 
Yeah, no, no personal trainers, no gyms. I mean, I thought it was going to say like Wilfred Brimley, like ninety nine, and been like, oh yeah, he was old. But like when eighty five, I was like, god damn. Mm-hmm. I thought he was eighty five. I thought he died ten years ago. But yeah, and then, I started seeing, then I started seeing him on Twitter. Diabetes. And I'm like, Wait a second, is that Wilfred Brimley's ghost, or is that the <laughs> we, real Wilfred Brimley? Wait, I we, we, if he had died of diabetes, that would have been that would have been. Good. I mean, I'm sure it played a part. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to give you a better life. Those commercials were great. But even, 1-800-5-3-3 is going to give you a better but life. But even then, he looks so old. <laughs> and those were like 15 How years ago. How is he any company's pitch man, too? Like, all I can see yeah, is I the know. bad guy in the firm. That's a, no, yes, it's, he was no, a really menacing He was like a dude. really super menacing. Yeah. Going to call this number. We're going to give you a better life. What was his last, like, <laughs> great? He's so good. Okay, so you got Cocoon, the natural... Uh, you firm. got the firm. What else the was firm. he? He was he's in Tender Mercies. Uh, okay. he plays uh, Duval's old manager. Oh, hey, come on, guys! Wait, and wait, he was like on. fifty in Mark that. Yeah. He was probably Mark like twelve target. when he did that. <laughs> At that hard point target. in the seventies. Wait, what's Hard Target? Hard Target. John Claude Van Damme. He plays Uncle Louvet. Uh. He's doing a sick Cajun accent. Oh, Charles. Charles. <laughs> and Van Damme is like, hey. And he literally blows shit up with a bow and arrow. Yeah. He's an interesting actor. Dude, speaking Very of speaking of diabetes, what what is your guy's piss count in the middle of the night? How many times are you waking up to go to the bathroom? One? I only do one, yeah. One? And, and it's, one, it's, usually, one, it's one. usually at... Four or five. So I was a, I was a, see, I was such a heavy water drinker until like 11, 12. So I was like a three guy. And then I was like looking like, uh, you know, different things you can, you can do. So now I cut off my water intake about eight. And now I'm like a one, I'm like a one to a one and a half guy. But I was like, but I, but I'm kind of like missing all the water intake. So I came up with this app. Uh, it's called bedpan. (laughs) And basically, because I'm like, it fucks your whole shit up. It's like, you'll be having like a kick-ass dream. And it's just like, then you got to wake up. You go get, got to get out of bed and like go back to and bed. you so want to like, try to get that dream back. I want to just stay in bed and make this like a one-stop thing. So this, this idea for this app is called Bedpan. And basically, you, when you have to go to the bathroom, instead of getting out of bed, you just take this device that's hooked to a tube. You strap it onto your genitals. Mm-hmm. And you just go to the bathroom. And the, the hose goes all the way to the to the toilet. That's right? not an app. That's no, no, like a no, no. And then and then yes, there's a there's a flusher on the wall above your bed that flushes the toilet. No, the app is all your friends that are also on bedpan. You can you can turn it on while you're doing it. And there can be like there's like 20 screens open and some people will be sleeping with like you might see like Justice or Nick Scudder also using it and the light will be on. And you can kind of like Look at your friends and like ah. you can like give a thumbs up or something. It's like and they're just like flushing it and like it has a tally for like flush two times tonight. It's like two flushes. Like it was like a two piss night. Uh, and you make it's like it's like a Venmo. It's like Venmo. It's like social networking for people who urinate a lot in the middle of the night. And also like you know how when just someone's don't, just don't sleep over at Brandon's because you'll trip over too. <laughs> you know when like you know when someone's online on Instagram, there's a green dot. Yeah. On the DM when this, there's like their 
their picture with like water in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, like that, it, it's all happening because then it's also it's linked up to the device that that you hook up to to go. But also like and, and it will be fun because instead of having to get up, you just like wake up, push the app, you see like your friends using it, and you both know because you hook this thing up to your to your, to your genitals. And then you just urinate and you can like smile while you're peeing like at your friend. <laughs> yeah. And then you just, you have a flusher above the bed that's like connected also digitally to the toilet. And then like the toilet flushes. Well, like with those masks for sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a on. CPAP. So you just put this thing on and then yeah. you just go to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bedpan. Bedpan. I mean, look, you know, look, I'm, I'm It's in. got I'm legs. In. I mean, what do you think? Your, your friends in Silicon Valley might be into this idea, Nick. I mean, this is hey, a million hey, dollar hey. idea. I'm giving I mean, you here. Right. I'll talk to Frank Collado. Yeah, let's get into Frank Collado. <laughs> Bring this to Shark Tank. You're going to see money. Um, but you know what idea I really like of yours? What was the name of that uh, kids go to work? Oh, Operation Pump em Up. Oh, yeah. Operation and, Pump em Yeah, up. I was like, well, it could, or like Operation Get to Work, but like the idea being like, okay, even with the vaccine, like this is like going to be like a two, two-year quagmire. It's going to be people testing positive for the virus and like schools are going to be open, shut down. Basically, we're staring down like kind of like somewhat of a lost generation and basically the elevator, the elevator pitch is people are so scared of putting kids to work. Like there's all these child labor stigmas yet sending your kid to school is child labor, mm-hmm. like nine hours or whatever it is, or six hour day of nonstop work and like <laughs> being like yelled at and scolded and disciplined and like forcing to do all the, like that's almost worse than child labor. I mean, rather than sending your kid to a sweatshop, you're kind of sending them to like Goldman Sachs to like run numbers. You like, need to shave. You need so to have your shirt tucked in. The idea being that like, this is just, there's no way to cut it. Like there's just going to be like, you're going to lose a lot of like great education for this era of kids. So my whole pitch is put them to work and take the money that is going to go to the schools and basically give it to this program where like when you go pump gas, like each, each pump would have a kid at it. Yeah. And like, right. and, they, they and, and they pump your gas and like, you'd get kids to like, they'd be making like good money. It would be way above minimum wage. And what what age be, do they start? Like eight. <laughs> yeah. And like, right. but you can like, you can do like uh, cleaning up the highway. Like you see the prisoners, just like right. you can put a whole class out there and just yeah, like, all, if no, you, kindergarten class, you know, whatever you, you want to teach your kids, windows. you want to teach your kids at home, you teach them at home, but it's like, put these kids into a place where they're not going to be exposed to COVID outdoor jobs, get, it'll be great for the economy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we can, you know, just let this, let this generation go. Like it's just, it's, they're not going to be smart. <laughs> and the, these kids, they, they like, they start getting married at eight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, the, but wouldn't you be stoked if you were 12 and you were pulling in like 30 grand a year? I mean, yeah, very so like these kids, like you're going to, it's just like, let these ones go. Like, they're all just going to be like highway workers and gas station attendants. And like, but like, they're going to be making like where all the other kids are going to be smart. And like, Ooh, I got into Brown early decision. It's like, well, like I just bought like a, a boat yeah, <laughs> right. Right. No, because said, I've been I mean, working yeah. at a gas station since <laughs> I was five. Yeah. yeah right. I I'm not, not, I got a I got a boat. I got a off road vehicle. Um, I live in Adams, yeah. but uh, you can you can run away from home, but technically you can like support yourself and yeah. You no, got like money if to- you get kicked out of the house, you're just like. 
Well, I'm, I'm going to go I, buy a house. I, I bought a house last <laughs> week. I was going to surprise you, but... You're not coming over. Yeah, come on, Tara, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it works. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, that, I mean, that, it that, works. I've, I've run all the pressure tests and, <laughs> and the math on it. Like, if we literally defunded all the schools and put it into this job program, just for this for the next three years of this, and you just let these three years of, of students go. They're never going back to school. If they want to learn stuff and they want to do a home education, that's fine. You read Stephen King books or whatever, however mm. you homeschool. Uh, but, but this is a working class. This is a working generation. And it's literally, I think the best, the happiest ending of what this, this nightmare of schooling is going to be for the next three, well, two to three that'd years. That'd be an interesting homeschooling for your kids. Nothing but Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that would, that kid would turn into besides a either a psychopath or a writer? Yeah. Or like a horror writer. Wow. But like also kids could work as no, like PAs. They could they could work in outdoor film like anything outdoors that you can do the kid and I I mean I just think it's a win I think it's a win across the board. Hey, Betsy, hey, Dave, we got listen, Betsy Davos listen, online. Listen, <laughs> listen, I, listen, I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. Yeah, dog um, walkers. I, mean, I, I know Betsy. I know Betsy Davos is a huge listener too. So. Uh, where, yeah. it, where, did Trump find her at like a fucking hair salon? Where, 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 Probably. She's for the. She's useless. Oh my god! Those <laughs> when she was on dude, CNN. I think Trump, oh, that I, was... dude, I, no, honestly, I think Trump is a zombie. He went to the hospital again this weekend. Yeah. Was he masked? And masked no one's up? talking about it. He went to Walter Reed on Saturday. Why? Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, my my prediction that he gets COVID and dies still stands. <laughs> There is something I don't... No, I think he's already dead, and I think he's just still alive. Wait, was he wearing I mean, a mask? Like, he, he started to become the death becomes her yeah. uh, president, where he's died, like, five times mm-hmm. since he's been elected, but he's not truly dead. He's just a robot? I don't know why. Well, all I know is that he is, and he's getting sight more psychotic. And in fact, I know when people, when he first got elected, it's like we elected Hitler. It was like, all right, easy. But there's a lot of this whole, like, we're going to hold the election. Like, he's really, like, pushing the fascist, uh, the fascist agenda. And, like, some guy on um, CNN today was literally like, he is, this is the beginning of of Hitler. I mean, it is, it could be, I mean, it's, well, I mean, I, I think like we talked about a few weeks ago, like he gets, he gets dragged out of the white house before he, before that ever happens. I mean, there would be a million, there would be a million, a million people that they would uh, gladly let the front lines get gunned down. That white house would be stormed and he would be pulled out by that 20 foot strand of hair. Yeah. I, I think if he loses, again, I was, we were talking about this on the tech side. If he loses, I don't think he's going to be like that. You have to come drag me out. He would never allow himself to be put, have that be put on camera. Mm-hmm. No, he won't even wear a mask because he's afraid the press is going to make fun of him. Right. You really think he's going to risk the embarrassment of being dragged out of the White Can House? Can you imagine by, that? Might, by white? No might, way. Not a chance in hell. No the, way. The he visual would, is He hilarious. would go down in history as the biggest embarrassment joke, which he does not want to do. Right. But you know what? He's already the biggest embarrassment. And he doesn't seem to have any um, reaction to that, except to double down and 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 become more unhinged. I mean, look here, you know, putting on my political correspondent hat for a minute. <laughs> I think we have, you know, again, three p- probable outcomes uh, this fall. The best one that we can hope for is a, such a significant defeat. That there's no question 
You know, I mean, and this is like it's a, it's a, that's a that's a could, could happen. This yes, it might, it might. This is like when you wish you had, and I do like Biden. This is when you really wish you have like a real fucking fighter, though. I mean, because I worry that Biden could easily fuck this up anytime between now and November um, by doing something fucking like talking. Dumb. <laughs> hey, exactly. but but by the way, Nick, uh, Trump knows that the landslide version is very much a reality. That's why he's already yeah, talking about pushing the election. Of course, he knows what's. I going mean, on. that no, is pushed, like no push the election. Push the election. Give him more defund, time to solve defund, these problems. Defund the post office. Defund mm. the post office. Honestly, I bet you in ten years, right? Let's say Trump loses in a landslide. And we're all fucking partying and doom blow, and finally we're like, oh fucking thank God! In you know, not even ten years, in thirty years, we find out about three elderly postal officers who had no money, but who actually managed to get all those mail-in ballots into every single vote counter in the country because. <laughs> Because uh, you know, it's like it's like heavenly creature. What, what was that movie called? I don't know the the space movie. Uh, uh, Alien. No, but I'm saying like you know, twenty ten. Like, you know the Kevin. You know the. But anyway, the point being that he's not, he's also trying to defund the post office, and he's got Bill Barr. So all right, so it's option one: Biden wins in such a significant landslide it's over it's done we're free that's the best case scenario then we get the medium case scenario where we find out <coughs> biden wins it's a bit of a squeaker not crazy but he wins a little bit enough where trump is we know he loses mm-hmm. uh or there's the third scenario and this is the one i think that trump is pushing for where you sort of defund the post office. You claim mail-in ballots are all fraudulent, and it's a squeaker, a photo finish. And by election night, there's no winner. Trump says, I'm the winner. And then they go to court and say every single mail-in ballot, which we are already saying on the face of it, is fraudulent is not valid because it arrived, you know, at the, at the, you know, the counting place two days after election day. So that, that vote doesn't count. Mm-hmm. And then, but, but at the same time, Trump is already saying, I won, I won, I won. The Democrats are trying to steal my election. And that, and then, then I think you have, you know, fucking chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, violence on the street. It's. it's I mean, I, already, I mean, again, I already think violence on the street is a couple weeks away. I mean, the, I, the, what, the, the, what, the, oh, it's today. There's already. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, it's like I mean, the 
the I know the riots quelled a little bit in uh, Portland, but they were that wasn't even being talked about like riots. Like those are like mini wars up there. And right. they and like they're talking about having to do a ceasefire. Like, I mean, it's fucking crazy. But they they're also like the these protesters are it's like sport. They have like the leaf blowers uh, and the uh, front yeah. lines for the tear gas and stuff like that. And that's like, forward thinking. Yeah. Yeah, yes, no, progressive well, wait, riding. Yes, but no, but wait, wait. But as soon as Trump's as, as true as soon as Trump's uh, stormtroopers left, things have settled in Portland, right? Mm. I mean, you know, I. But the real, the real thing is that yesterday, there's no more six hundred dollars a week. Yeah, the they got to figure that out. Year. Yeah. The more the moratorium on evictions, the moratorium on foreclosures, those are over. Mm-hmm. Same with gas and electric. You know, again, I've I, you know, people people at the end of the day, every human being, particularly in America, all they really fucking care about is their pocketbook. Mm-hmm. Can I put food on the table? Can I pay my rent? Can I sort of live my life? Is my life miserable? Doesn't matter. I live my life. But once you take that away, they go nuts, mm-hmm. and that's like the that's like the that's like the under bubble that's going on. Now, none of us on this phone or in this podcast <laughs> truly appreciate that, you know, because we've all we do relatively well at what we do. We, you know, we can make some money, um, but people are going to get desperate and that, and it's, and the temperature is going up mm-hmm. and now is the time. And Brandon, I always hate to say that you're right. The labor generation, what you, what you predict, what you predict is always scary is I think we are now looking down the barrel of some real fucking chaos. Well, and, and this is the thing is that we, we do like the testing is getting there and the, uh, the people sort of with the masks and we've like got it, but we are in it right now of like how heavy this pandemic is. And, and you said it like the, uh, with the, with the rent moratoriums and all that stuff ending, what we're looking at is some very, very scary, frightening times where, Humanity is going to look deep into its own soul, into the void, asking itself a question: Who am I? What am I willing to? <laughs> no, and I think, yeah, I think, I think that, I think that it, all the riots and stuff has, has just been preview. But it, and if you look at how like Trump is treating these like mini wars, like he sends in those Fed guys, and then also he. You know the the things he says to like stoke those fires. Like he wants these uh, these battles to keep going, so he can. You know he's you know he's running on that law and order thing. But um, it's it's getting it's it's. We thought it was scary three months ago. Like the scariness, I think, is starting now. Go as like a fighter jet just flew over the house. Yeah, yeah, no, fighter yeah. jets, fighter jets, helicopters. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah. nobody in Lake Las Vegas gave a shit because no one was wearing a mask. By the way, no one was wearing a mask in Utah as mm. I blew through Utah. You know, I mean, I stopped, I stopped, in, the, I stopped in the subway because I try to eat as healthy as I can when I drive cross country. You listening, campers? 
Um, yeah. By by the way, Phil only takes one pee in the middle of the night, but he takes like three during the podcast. He might need bedpan for the. There's like a waking pod. We all just hook up to the. We all hooked up to bedpan before we start the podcast. In the back. No, 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 no. Listen, I need I need bedpan because (laughs) uh, I go to pee before bed. But I, I, you know, I feel like I'm a teenager again. I wake up in in the morning with, you know, massive wood because I got to pee really bad. That is the worst, um, too. Do you need yeah. to get yeah, bedpan no. if you feel like you're going to throw up? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It just goes. It just the- goes. The thing. Well, there could be, that could be like the second, like, uh, <laughs> it's like, and also if you order now, you can get spew pan. Spew pan. But the thing about bedpan is it'll get fun because if you're you're like out drinking, like you get on bedpan, the bedpan app, like everyone's hammering. It's just like I'm fucking peeing right now and puking. I I had to get up last night because I thought I was going to throw up because I just ate way too much for dinner. Mm -hmm. That's an awful feeling. It is bad. Wait, what'd you have? What'd you have? I had Bloodsoe's barbecue, which I haven't had in like three months. Uh, If you're not, if you're not, but if you're not eating a lot of meat, that was the thing. uh, That's gonna. It was so good, but I just fucking. I just crushed it. And uh, I woke up at about 3.30. You know you're almost going to throw up when your stomach's like out to you. Oh, yeah. So I was like, well, I'm not that fat. Yeah. But I didn't. I actually fought it down. I didn't throw up. I actually, I just stood in the bathroom for like about like five minutes and just kind of took some deep breaths and eventually it just like started digesting. You didn't pull the trigger? No. Because sometimes like, I was just like, I don't want to fucking throw up right now. Yeah. Sometimes when you're, it's different when you're drunk because you have all that fucking poison down there. Mm. This was just, I ate too much. Right. Uh, what, all right, so blood shows. What you know? What what other farewell meals are you having as you guys prepare to embark on this? On a country that I don't even know yeah, anymore. No, yeah, like, I, I I do think there's. Wait, was <laughs> on there a country that's was let there me down? rioting or protesting? <laughs> was there rioting or protesting in 2000 after the recount of the 2000 election? No. No. No, there's anger. There's anger. There's they just anger. they yeah. just threw eggs at Bush's limo on election inauguration day. Right. By the way, like again, but again, by the way, fucking chicken feed compared to what will happen um, if if again. I mean, again, I, like, we are well, so far. Uh, look at all the practice. Look at all the practice that rioters and protesters have. Had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've yeah, literally. Totally. This has been like spring training. It literally has been spring training. For like the season to start, yeah. For the riots, I mean, because now they've got the leaf blowers to blow, blow the tear gas. They're right, like, right. you know, uh, there's like shootings and stuff. I mean, these, these the protesters went by the time it's game time when it's really game time. <laughs> oh, it's I mean, they're <laughs> fucking. It's gonna it's like Thunderdome vibes. opening day. <laughs> no, every no every day. Listen, I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, that's what yeah. it feels like. The first tear gas canister is gonna be like opening pitch. Oh, big time! Yeah, yeah. And Fauci's they not going to be throwing it out. I, they get Fauci to throw it. Listen, I don't. I do not think it's a coincidence. The number of uh, walls and barbed wire and barriers that have gone up around the White House—that's not a coincidence. No, no, they're fortifying. I mean, like, like they're prepping mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you know, the the. the but like Jared Kushner appears to be guilty of mass murder right yeah. now. I mean, we're going to be rocking. Well, what was his? Uh, he had a what was his thing? He had a testing. He was going to figure out the testing. He kind of tanked that. Well, no, just kind of like they, 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 no, they, they just stopped. They stopped. They stopped the national response because at the beginning of this pandemic, you know, it looked like it was the blue states 
that were getting hit harder. So it was sort of like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. You and then, know, and then, I mean, and then, and then, Florida joined the chat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Texas, and Texas, yeah, and, and Arizona, and California. And, no, but I'm yeah. talking about red states. Oh, right, 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 right. You know, I mean, no, I mean, again, the funny thing is, is these people are so stupid because all Trump would have had to do is save the country from a pandemic, and people would have been like, "Yeah, I'll fucking vote for him." Yeah. All yeah, you know, that's, what's, was that's like, what's sad about it. Cause like, he look, could have just tackled it. I don't fucking like Trump. I don't think he should be president. But I mean, I don't know. Things were fine. Mm-hmm. Things were fine. The fucking, if, you were in the, if you had money in the stock market, you were fucking crushing. Mm-hmm. I know. I was. We were. Dude, I was. Um, Dude, I was. And that was the only thing I liked about Trump. I was like, man, this stock market's pretty fucking tasty right now. Mm-hmm. No wars. Yeah, no, like, yeah, he was like, uh, so again. But, like, His tactics were fucked, but yeah, like, but. Things I don't were, know. Things know, were fucking fine. Well, the economy was strong, you know. Um, no, and the then this fucking was, pandemic. No, the and economy was fine. If, he, the if was his fine. if his tact had just been different, yeah, dude, he could have coasted through this pandemic and fucking. Well, he could he could have controlled it. It's like, and dude, he would have had. You're an idiot. Yeah, like, come on, man. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, didn't have to be this way. No. And then I've been saying, if fucking 150,000 Americans were dead under Obama, Sean Hannity would be. Beside, beside himself. Uh, I mean, that would be the conservatives would have stormed the White House. We might have talked about that. No, no, they would have. They would have hung him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I. I That's why the media. It's all such hypocrites. There's no reason to. There's no reason to pull any punches about that at this point. Well, he would have had. He could have suffered the same fate as like all the Antifa, and I'm quite frankly, everybody that will like literally fight to the death to get that guy out of the White House. It would have been like Boogaloo guys that would have come for Obama. Oh, it would have been brutal. Listen, it would have been awful. Mm. And and the hypocrisy of this moment is really disheartening. And you know, I mean, this again. No, he's such yeah. a hypocrite. I mean, Sean Hannity's Captain America, and fucking 150,000 Americans died. If it was flipped around, he would he would just he'd go so yeah, hard I, in that 150 of our brothers and sisters. He's not even talking about it. Yeah, I don't even know what he's, he's talking about. The, hey, hey, he's talking hey, about the, the dossier. Way, hey, by, hey, by the way, speaking of Sean Hannity, I mean, I love that uh, James Murdoch pulled a Kendall Roy and uh resigned yeah and was like i'm fucking out well because you are you are literally taking part in propaganda that is is quite possibly like really delving into a fascist uh zone it's like scary like would you really want your your you're literally taking part i mean in in fact like did you notice tucker carlson when uh when um when trump was saying he was going to push the election tucker was almost talking to the to trump through the screen he was like which is crazy huh. because we have enough on our plate right now. <laughs> right, yeah. Like he, that is the power that these guys have. And mm-hmm. if like you are the, the, the head of that organization, you're literally taking part in what could p- potentially turn into like the closest we'll ever see to a fascist regime in United States history. I just love when it's, success- I, mean, I just well, love when wait, we're not out of this yet. We're no, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you know it's mean, just, it's just getting warmed up right now. We, these are the, these are the dog days of, uh, of the summer. Of these COVID. are the, these are the doggiest days yeah. I've ever experienced in my life. And, but, but no, there is light. If we can get the, the labor generation up and running, <laughs> dude, you can keep, you can keep April and July of 2020. Mm. You can just fucking those two months. Keep them. Yeah. I have no interest in reliving anything about them. Like, obviously it's all sucked. But, like, 
you know, my end of March when quarantine first started, it was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. May had its moments because it was my my birthday it was in May. So yeah, and then June, June we were kind of starting to like. It felt like we were starting to turn when things were reopening, even though it was just it was fool's gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, July was really just like the, the shittiest month, and like April, like what happened in April? Yeah, I can't even th- remember one. Zo- like a lot of zooming, just zooms, zooms that's and it. like drinking at home, and a lot of DoorDash. Yes, no, I had yes, I had a lot of fun drunk June. Like zooms, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, again, March, so, April, <laughs> Zoom, July, March, April, May, Zoom, July. Yes, I have, yes. I, August, August, you're on yeah. the clock. What Dude. do you got for? Speaking of which, uh, how much time we got left there? We got about two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, hey, Nick, um, Nick, you ready for some shoutouts? That's right, folks. It's time for the Camp Kid Boy Shout Out Hour. Uh, Phil, you got some shout out Instagram shout outs you want to give there, buddy? Who we got coming up there on the uh, on the Instagram shout outs? <laughs> All right, going to give some Instagram shout outs. Uh, I want to make the whole podcast like that. <laughs> I, yeah, Welcome to the so. Camp Kid Boy Podcast. We got funny man Nick Scud on the line. Um, so let's see what we got here. We got, uh, hey, shout out to the artist formerly known as Louis Rocco DDS. He is hey, now shout out. Paw Cat Lips Me Out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. I stand shout by out. that change. Very, lo- yeah, very loyal follower. Hey, shout out Randy Strange Jr. Shout out. Good shout hey, out. Shout out. Uh, hey, very special shout out. The La La Lauren. Hey, shout out. Very, very shout special out. shout out. Uh, hey, shout out uh, new follower, uh, Whitey's on the Moon. Hey, shout out. That's hey, a, shout out. It's a Gil Scott Heron song. Gil Scott Heron the, song. The, 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 it was like about how there's all this injustice in the w- world, but like we got Whitey on the Moon, so great. All the problems <laughs> yeah, are solved, right. which is like... Um, really yeah. brought us together. Yeah. Hey, shout out uh, Over 40 Dude Health. Hey, shout hey, out. Hey, shout out. out. Uh, hey, shout out his... See if he- I get bedpan on that page. <laughs> shout out his hesness. Hey, shout out. Shout out. Uh, another loyal follower, Party Troopers. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Uh, and shout out the biggest Irishman fan there is, Limited Medium. Hey, shout out. <laughs> shout out. Hey, shout out. Hey, I just want to throw out a shout out to uh, Jaeger78. He oh, had yeah. COVID. His brothers had COVID. Oh, and man. His dad had, and his dad had COVID. Wait, are they all okay? I hope so. I hope so. Shout out, Jaeger. Hey, Jaeger78. Shout, shout out. Yeah. Fuck, I hope everyone's all right. Yeah. And a shout out to Wilford Brimley. Hey, shout out! We're great, man. Yeah, We're great. <laughs> Forever eighty five. That should be like yep. a, the, the 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 Wilford Brimley biopic. <laughs> Jonah Hill <laughs> plays him. I'm gonna go watch uh, his first movie, Cocoon, when he was eighteen. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I'm gonna remind myself how how great I look at forty two. Yeah, see, that's the thing because like, I think he was in like his mid to late forties in Cocoon. He had to have been. And I mean, I'm thirty eight, and like, mm-hmm. shit, I think I look pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you guys look good, and you're in your forties. Yeah. You, nah, nah, Phil, you, Phil, you look great. You look great. So Phil. let's see. So. 85, Brandon, <laughs> 75, 65, 55. Okay, he was in his early 50s in Cocoon. Right. But he, Dude, he ate Quaker oatmeal, okay? Come on. But still, yeah, early okay. 50s now are like, it's not like My, Cocoon I, 50s. Bradley Cooper's early. Yeah. <laughs> when they just remake Cocoon, it's like Bradley Cooper, all these guys. Dude, like I don't know if he's that, but Christian like, he's in there, like the early 50s. Oh, like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt's in his yep. early, is like 50. They just do, yeah, they hey, do Hey, guys, 60 is the new 40. All right, well, uh, listeners, uh, thanks for, uh, you know, tuning in for all these seasons. We're going on a bit of a summer break. Yeah, but we made it to 100. Yeah, we're leaving town. Hopefully there's a Los Angeles to return to (laughs) at the uh, end of the month. Safe driving, boys. Safe driving. I haven't done the um, cross-country drive since 2003. Yeah. And and I've been excited to do it 
ever since then. Thank you to our C- our uh, political correspondent Nick Scott for uh, you've definitely been on about fifty episodes, forty fifty episodes. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I think you've probably been on like. 10 to 15 at least. Uh, oh, more than that. Yeah. more? Yeah. you're our, you, we do, and obviously when we start doing two a week, you'll be on every week, but you, because we have you pretty much, Scott, to guess, and then Nick again. And yeah, I guess you've again. been on like 20. Yeah. So when we get, we're going to be, probably by early next year, we'll be doing two episodes a week, and uh, Nick will be on every week. If you want to guess how many episodes Nick has been on, you <laughs> yeah, will win a yeah. free... Uh, yeah, yeah, listen, you'll get, yes, yeah, we'll get your you, kids into uh, the labor generation. <laughs> and uh, bedpan. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you... Yeah, <laughs> we'll give you the promo code for bedpan. And, and, yes, and you can hire my kids to pump gas. Uh, all, all in one. All right, well, uh, enjoy the rest of the summer if uh, there is any more uh, reality. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, it might all end. Uh, I think we'll be all right. I think we're going to be good. I think we'll have some. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have some episodes. We got more fall episodes. season of Camp Good Boys. Yeah, it's going to be gonna great. Be, I'm expecting it. All right. All right, Nick. Stay Bye, safe. Everybody. Love you guys. Yeah. Bye. Stay safe, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>